Atma Namaste, everyone, and welcome back to Pure Energy Podcast. You're listening to episode 10, and I'm so excited about this episode because it has our very first guest all the way from Maryland, Miss Angeline Moreland. Now, in a time where we're inside for most of our day, I was really looking for an outlet to help stretch my body and gain healing benefits at the same time. Well, enter Angeline. She's a holistic practitioner. And what that means is that she's licensed and certified in various healing modalities. She's a licensed massage therapist, a yoga instructor, and practitioner of Reiki and Pranic Healing. So she is a sister in the light. You'll hear me call her a healer throughout the conversation. And all that really means is that she's a conduit, a guide and an instrument that guides your body to heal itself. I've been following her Facebook live streams and practicing yin yoga with her. I absolutely fell in love with yin yoga and then wanted to spread awareness overall about Angeline and what she does. Mainly, I just wanted to introduce you to a kick-ass human being. So from my heart to yours, here's Angeline. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Angeline. How are you? I'm good. It works. Yes. (laughs) And for all, for everyone who's listening to this recording, um, it took us a while to get connected, but we're finally here. So happy to have you on Pure Energy Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So to, uh, to really just get everyone to know you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, because I, I know, uh, everyone who's listening heard the introduction, um, that you are a licensed massage therapist, yoga instructor, and light worker. Um, so tell us a little bit more about you. All right. Well, much sums it up. I'm also a mom <laughs> and you know, wife and all that other stuff that <laughs> everyday Amazing things. <laughs> yeah, that tend, we tend to be. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to think, you know, I started over 20 years ago in energy work, um, just out of curiosity. And um, I actually had a chance to work in a metaphysical bookstore. And when I worked there, um, had plenty of opportunities to learn all about everything. Energy work, alternative healing, um, massage, all the the neat alternative type of health care there is out there. Um, Plus, you know, also being exposed to some of the... um, I don't know if this goes with the question, but <laughs> it does kind of sum up who I am because this experience, I think in particular, kind of helped me get where I'm at today. Um, I, I learned about uh, people, I guess, issues people had that were beyond um, like mental issues. Do you know what I'm saying? And how mm-hmm. it's like people who were... Uh, looking into these alternative ways of thinking, um, the people who were suffering the most with like mental or health, mental health issues um, were drawn to that. And then I saw how, you know, it could be helpful, but it could also um, be a little detrimental because it, it kept them from seeking out 
better help, right? So I wanted to find a way to practice this kind of work, but also be based in science as much as I can, um, because there's a lot to know and learn and you learn as you go. And I just wanted to find that balance between working with energy um, and helping people and helping them in the best way possible and not giving like the, the quick fixes or band-aids or things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you say that because nowadays, um, especially in, in growing up for myself and in our generation, um, I'm seeing more and more of that quick fix type of mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. It's scary, right? <laughs> it is. It is because there's so much benefit into really taking the time um, to find that wholeness and that wellness rather than just a pill or uh, medicinal, um, you know, norms that we're used to. Right. And, and it's a process, right? It's like, it takes, you know, it takes time sometimes to, for a condition in our bodies, um, to develop. And it's because of other components, like the way we think our environment and stuff like that. And before we are really aware of their, being a problem you know it has time to kind of manifest and once it manifests then that's when we have that awareness and then it's like oh my god how do I get rid of this how do I you know forgetting that there's a reason a reason why that occurred you know sometimes sometimes you know there's you know the viruses bacteria things that are just spontaneous again that you know once you are introduced to that it's going to have an effect on your body and then however healthy your body is you're either going to be you know susceptible to it or not but when we talk about like conditions that over time develop um there is this thought uh that it's because of the way we kind of carry ourselves in this life and the way we interpret the things that we experience and how we process it and then um, again I would say carry the way we carry it in our bodies I do feel like and um, this is true to some extent I can't prove it I don't know if there's scientific research but there's this theory that we hold memory in our in our connective tissue which is the fascia and this I do kind of feel like I have an experience with um when I, as a massage therapist, and I work with fascia, one of the first things we learn in school is you can have someone have a cathartic release, right? So they can start crying on the table, they can become angry. And it's almost like you don't know why. Um, it's because they hold memory in these tissues. And when you're doing this massage work, you're engaged in the parasympathetic nervous system. That's where, when we're engaged in that part of our nervous system, we're relaxed. And that's when our body can work the best it can to help heal itself. And so when we have our clients there, things tend to bubble up. And so there's, you know, it becomes, they become aware of it. And especially if it's something people have been repressing, it may be shocky, you know. I've yeah, like and, and so much about this. <laughs> and I love it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's beautiful. It's perfect. And, and this is what it's all about, you know, having this organic conversation. Um, I know I, I wish we were in person doing it, but modern technology, it works in amazing ways. Um, uh, and, and just to go back on something that you said, it's um, 
I, I do agree with you that memory does live within our tissue. Um, and what happens is what I've, I've seen for myself and I've seen with others is that we just tend to suppress, suppress. It's like that, like you said, that, um, that bandaid right. and, um, you know, that's how a lot of people are comfortable, but also used to functioning. Um, and it's not until you work with them um, or they go through some sort of holistic healing or healing in general that really allows them to to move on and live this healthy life that they've always wanted. Right. And I, and again, it's I feel like the biggest component uh, in your healing process is developing awareness. So you can become aware of, you know, you don't want to stay hyper fixated on what you're experiencing as far as like the illness or the concern that you're dealing with, you know, but you do want to have an awareness of it. And then you want to start practicing practices that I feel, see, this is another tricky part. This goes back to what I was speaking about um, working at the metaphysical bookstore. <clears throat> you you know, there's so many things out there people can gravitate to to look for help. And sometimes <clears throat> they can be desperate and not everything works for everybody, you know. So and then some so things, yeah, and then some things are more like in theory they could work. Um, so that's what I'm saying. It's like you you have to use your own discretion. You have to be able to know if you're if there's something that is proven to some extent helpful. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't know if I can yeah. words to explain it, but you don't want to just follow um, blindly in, in, in some things. You know, you have to find something that resonates with you. And for me, the the main things that you want when you're finding someone to work with or finding um, a type of modality or a belief or something to help you in your healing process, you wanna know, you know, have that awareness. The awareness helps you with being in tune with your body, that body awareness. If you feel that it's assisting you, continue to do that. If you feel like you're not fully understanding it, if you feel like, there's like conflicts in the way you believe and and what you're trying to learn. You know what I mean? Like so significant that it's it's just a clash. That's not, I feel like that's not the best thing for people, you know, to maybe start with. I don't know if that makes sense. You. It absolutely does. It absolutely does because the the biggest thing is research and asking questions. Mm -hmm. Um, I totally agree with you that you do have to have a sense of awareness and understanding how you feel that gut instinct following um, how your body feels or your, or your mind in regards to wrapping your brain around a certain type of healing modality. Um, The, one of the biggest things that I do is research and asking questions. And I tell everyone don't stop asking questions. Exactly. Um, I think that's where we learn the most and it gets us the most comfortable um, in really understanding, okay, this is right for me. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Because it's, again, I I will always speak of processes. It's all a process. And you just, Mm -hmm. I feel like, and and it's energy too, right? So you're expending this energy, you're putting it out there and you're asking for a return, right? So you're you're trying to balance yourself somehow. And however that manifests, you 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 can't just I don't know I feel like it's an element of wanting someone to take care of us or fix it for us right so there's also that component of like 
being able to empower yourself during this process as well. So when you're learning something and you put it into practice and you know, and you find that you're having some results with it and you start to assimilate it and then it becomes like a new way of being, I feel like that's where the healing occurs. If you're not having that in whatever it is you're doing, I feel like you're wasting your, your energy and your time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you, when was your biggest aha moment when working with energy? So I would say, I can't say when, but I think like some, I I would say some of the, the, the ones that I've had, um, or like definitely when I work with people, right? Um, so before I got into, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, sorry, it's like, again, so many things are coming to me. <laughs> um, I learned when I was in massage school and I was working with people, I definitely, the whole thing that even got me into uh, healthcare is like, I like helping people like that. When I was a little kid, that is who I am by nature. Um, but you know, of course we're not born into the world knowing how to do that. Right. So we are having our experiences and becoming who we become. And the person I was, was not, um, who I felt like was very good at being able to help people in the, in in the best way. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it was meant to be like that for me to learn things, to overcome my own stuff if you would, to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And then, so that was my aha moment was when I work with my massage clients um, and I'm, I do energy work in my massage sessions. And I feel like I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, I get information from the energy. So it's like, I feel it. And when I feel it, it's like, you know how, like, if you walk in a room and someone just had an argument, you can feel that tension, even though you didn't hear the argument or you didn't see them fighting, like there's an energy to it. That's how it is. Absolutely. Right. So that's how it is when I work with my clients. It's like, I can feel this energy because again, I'm touching their tissue, right? So I'm moving restriction out of their body. And when that happens, I feel like they have that experience where they're kind of maybe reliving it on some level or it's just being released so there's this uh, vibration of it in this in the space that I'm in and then I have to try to interpret that because that's what we do right we're you know our lives try to interpret what is going on Um, and so with that I had to learn not to take my experiences and put that into what I felt like I was feeling from them, right? So I really had to find a way to have a, a be able to hold the space to kind of recognize that energy and then have them, if they decide to speak about it, because again, you know, I'm not a therapist, I have to stay within my scope and all that fun stuff. But if they decide to speak about it, which to me is almost like um, the ending of that process, like being able to verbalize something and not have like, um, attachment to it emotionally anymore or trigger like it doesn't trigger you I feel like that's how you that's the completion of a of healing right um yeah to some extent and when I'm holding that space and my client's able to do that and they put it in their own words not only is it empowering but it's like that's their process and I'm just there holding the space so I'm not trying to 
interject myself into their experience other than just being there as a facilitator. Yeah, absolutely. Very beautifully said. Beautifully said. And thank you for sharing that with us. No problem. I'm like, I don't even know how I just did that. Um, it's, but you know, that's, that's the, the life of an empathic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you're highly sensitive to the environment and the world around you. And it's such a beautiful aspect of us as spiritual beings and you specifically because of what you do and, and how many people you work with. And I think it's, it's such a enlightening moment to know that you can connect with someone in that way. Mm-hmm. And know that you can ease their pain, ease their mind, and ease that that moment for them. Um, but it also it takes a toll mm-hmm. on a healer as well. Mm-hmm. And and that for me, that's my healing, right? That's like my journey is learning how to be able to do that and not have it affect me. Because again, it's it's not. I guess for me, it's like I came to the conclusion, it's not mine. So like when I'm dealing with my stuff, right? And you know how like when uh, things come up or you have memories or you're triggered somehow and you react and then you have all these feelings around that, you know, you know your stuff, right? Especially as we get older, we get really intimate with our stuff. We, we really know it. Um, some people are more aware of their stuff than others, but I do think everybody knows what their stuff is by a certain age. Right. And, um, when you are, I kind of feel like I lost my place where I was going with this slide to help me (laughs) bring it back. (laughs) <laughs> that's okay that's okay so oh we're talking about how you- empath yeah gonna empath and yes yes because that again was my uh, my challenge was wanting to help so much because I'm sure of course you know I dealt with my own stuff um it's like I wanted other people I wanted I guess maybe I want to see that it is possible for people to be happy and how do we do that? And and to me, like that was something to do, right? You know, that's something yeah. and, and I've been interested in that forever since. And now that I'm older and I've studied things like psychology and, and, and I studied chiropractics, I studied the massage, yoga, energy work. And now I'm at a place where it seems like any book I pick up, I can connect the the dots. I'm still working on being able to articulate it, but it seems like any book almost that I read, you can see the same message, right? It takes time to get there. It's not like you can read a book and just know it. And it's because, you know, I have to have my own experiences. I have to make my process, my own stuff, and then have my intention. And my intention is to always be clear when working in this way. And finding ways to be able to practice that. Yeah. And intention is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the one major thing that has drawn me to you has been the yin yoga. And um, amongst the, the many beautiful things that you do for other human beings, um, this style of yoga has really drawn me in. Um, can you tell us more about the style of yoga you are certified in? Okay, so I just, I don't know if I have like a style that I'm certified in so much as uh, I just took a 200 hour teacher training um, 
course. And so that's basically like a year and you spend every weekend of the month in school for like eight hours and you just study yoga, everything yoga. Um, there's many um, different types of yoga and tons of philosophy and yoga. Um, so that's my, my basis. Yin was something that another one of those things that just kind of organically came to me and I was drawn to it as well. And I don't even really remember how I just think one day I was online and I looked up like something on yoga and I saw yin and I watched the video and I did it and I, and it, that was it. Like my body, like everything, I just responded to that, but I wasn't where I am now with it. Right. So I didn't understand like how significant this type of yoga was for me and, and where I was at the time. I had uh, injuries from a car accident that I was in. So my body was always sore. Um, and plus being a massage therapist and loving to work with people, you know, I don't want to stop doing that. I did cut back, but I kept doing the work. And in that work, there's like a lot of repetitive motion. So you're having those kinds of injuries. So I didn't want to do anything super active in what they would call yang. So yin is just like the yin yang. So yin is the more slow, passive, longer hold, um, like the darker side of everything. And yang is the, the opposite of that. So it's really just right. kind of an aspect of yoga. But um, so when I followed that video, of course, I started looking up more information and I did come across someone, um, his name is Bernie Clark and he has books on yoga, on yin yoga specifically, and he explains it more. And then once I read those books, I was like, this is what I do. This is what I do in my massage, but it's yoga. So it's working with the fascia. Again, that's that tissue that holds the memories. That's the tissue that wraps around the muscles. You can work out trigger points of a muscle all day long. If your fascia is like dehydrated and tight and squeezing it, you know, um, you're still not gonna have a lot of movement in that muscle. So I feel like, right. and it's expensive to get a massage every single day, right? So what is the- Right. Like, <laughs> oh, how yeah, I wish. Right. So again, me wanting to help my clients and also myself, it's like, what is what are some other things? And I like yoga because you can teach the yoga poses and again find something that resonates with the person on whatever the issue is that they're working on and they can practice those poses and you're holding the pose um, anywhere from a minute to 20 minutes I never held one that long um, usually three minutes is about my max right now um, and yeah and there's only the other thing about yin the poses that are in yin are in other Forms like Hatha Yoga, um, Ashtanga, and all the other kinds of yoga, uh, I guess, modalities, I guess is a word you can use that's out there. Uh, they just call them different names so you can identify that it's going to be a yin pose, which means you're just going to hold it longer. And you're not going to go into it as deep as you would a yang pose because of the fact that you're holding it longer. Right. Interesting. Thank you for that. I really appreciate one, that. One more thing that I feel like goes with the uh, explanation of yin. Uh, I always tell people also think about, you know, when you get braces. So when you have crooked teeth, you put the braces on and they tighten them a certain way and they have that 
um, hold on them for a long time to uh, actually make the teeth shift. That's the same concept in yin. You're holding the pose long enough to initiate a change in the tissues that we normally don't work out because of the type of tissues they are. We can't work them out fast and hard. Um, because we can injure ourselves. But if you hold the pose and you're holding a stress on that tissue, it does help that tissue to become stronger, pliable, you know, more hydrated, all, all the stuff that it, it needs. Yeah, and thank you for adding that um, that analogy so that everyone can get a, a more of a, a better visual on what it does. And it feels so mm -hmm. good when I practice it with you because my body, I feel like I haven't moved that way in such a long time and it feel like stagnant areas of my body are just releasing. And that is the perfect um, that description yeah. of, of what it is that I'm, that I feel like when I suggest someone doing it, that's exactly the person who needs to do it with someone who feels like that. Just to feel that movement yeah. in your body again. Would you say that's like, uh, one big takeaway that someone would experience when practicing yin yes, yoga? That will, yes, most definitely. Um, I would, yeah, because two things with the takeaways for yoga is definitely when you're practicing every day and you're feeling that tension release out of your body and you're feeling um, the structures not be as tender or sore or achy and you start feeling a good or you start feeling good again in your body you want to maintain that right so then i feel like it creates like this conscientiousness or again this awareness of yourself to honor like you know if you're going to go work out super hard but say you stepped wrong somewhere and you accidentally hurt your ankle but yet you're still going to go work out you know you're just going to exacerbate that pain in your ankle right but people do that every day for sure people will still push themselves <laughs> um it's like why you know one day is not going to really make or break you if you work out super hard or if you do a yin yoga practice so like if you miss a day in your yin yoga practice you're not gonna like all of a sudden seize up either right so i feel like it's teaching right. you to honor yourself and to like the way you feel <laughs> feeling good and let that be an okay thing and let that be a gauge you know um when you first start you're creating like your baseline you're learning where you are right now and as you practice you see how far you come from that baseline towards whatever the goal is to be more open or flexible or pain-free the other thing is um for me Become, uh, becoming more calm and focused is the, something else I take away from that that I really appreciate from that uh, practice. Yeah, and two things that that of, of what you said that stand out the most is honor yourself and find mm -hmm. calm and focus. It, it's it's one of the major things that we lack as I think human beings at times is we don't tend to take time to honor ourselves right. um and we're always on the go everything is digital everything has to happen now and to find that peace and serenity uh within a few moments of our day which then can last us so much longer as we continue to practice it yeah you made me realize something like think of something um i feel like that's because we're we're kind of programmed to produce right to constantly produce yes. and that we equate that with our self-worth and that's that's 
a distraction that's bringing us away from our true nature. And when you practice, for me, yin is a practice that keeps me in touch with my true nature. When I feel myself getting pulled away from that, it makes me more conscientious of the choices I make and say, hey, yo, I'm not comfortable with that and I don't want to do that. So without reacting, you know, without letting all this other stuff get kicked up and then have like these dramas that are also distracting. So trying to find a way to be in this world and I guess how they say to be of the world, but not of it, you know, uh, yeah. that, that for me is something else I get from my yoga practice. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing because, you know, it, it goes back to reprogramming. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, we're production based. It's all about worth. Um, and it, it, that programming um, and understanding that we need to unlearn what we've learned in order to find that new path, the path that you're speaking of, it, it, it it's mm-hmm. a journey. Definitely. It's really a journey within Definitely. yourself. And something else, like this is another little component that I've been learning a lot about lately too, because, you know, a lot of people get hung up on their past and they can't really move past it because they're so they identify with it so much. And um, I feel like another little thing to kind of be aware of is that we really aren't our experiences so much. Do you know what I'm saying? That they're just things that kind of occur that teach us. And I feel like when we're talking about reprogramming, if you can look at the program because when you think of program you think it's like almost like set in stone right and it becomes so challenging it's like how the heck I don't even know what the program is so how do I reprogram or you know what what is going on so it's instead of getting attached to that too much and think about like you're just like changing everything about you you're really integrating that into the new consciousness or the new awareness right the new the true self so you you still carry all that with you but you use it as a gauge again it's that baseline like where you don't really want to be and where you're moving away from just as a gauge not to even I don't know if that makes sense yet (laughs) does that make sense what I'm saying okay it does absolutely absolutely so it's um it's sort of like what I what I tell uh, a lot of people, it's like you treat life like a mm-hmm. car. You have your your windshield, right? Is where you're is where you're moving towards. It's where you're going. Everything that you're working towards for yourself, and then you have your rear view. Your rear view is that gauge because you're not staring at that rear view mirror the entire time because right. you're going to crash, right? So that rear view is going to be a reminder. It's your gauge of where you've been and. Um, what you, what lessons and where you've gone and um, you look at it very and it briefly becomes, to determine it just becomes part of the journey right yeah yeah exactly yeah, I like that you give me chills when you said that <laughs> I like that because <laughs> I, like I feel like that is a good uh, analogy for for that for sure because it is like we're we're traveling but what is the destination really right so we're right. learning <laughs> exactly. and, and and the best thing is to learn together um, and you know finding that community and finding the modalities that work for you and um, I'm hoping that uh, this conversation that we're having which I'm loving by the way um, I wish it could be more, longer um, n- next episode I'll, I'll figure out another way to get you back on <laughs> awesome. thank you um, 
You're welcome. Um, I think that I'm hoping that people get a, a lot out of what you're saying and that they they resonate with what it is that you're saying and you have a wealth of knowledge and experience. Um, and one thing that I really love about what you do in your practices is um, I love the time you take at the end of your yoga sessions, which we were just talking about before recording this session, um, where you refer to uh, motivational, so your cards at the end. So can you explain a little bit more about that yeah. piece? Uh, so like we were just talking about earlier, just I've always felt this connection and felt like I was kind of, um, what's the word, communicating, right, with something. Real funny, it's like when I was younger, I always looked around and it seemed like everybody knew what they were supposed to do, right? Like that's just how I interpreted everybody around me. Like somehow they all knew what they were supposed to do and how to do it and I don't know anything. So I'm like trying to figure it out. And I feel like it, it, it was like, a conversation in my head so I feel like to me that's source right that's just that connection now that I'm older I can kind of identify it like this um but so with that kind of experience or however I interpret that I carry that out in, into my life and now I do the same thing so I just don't get hung up on it right so I like pulling cards and when I pull a card I just like to read the message and see what it says. And, and a lot of the times it kind of answers a question I have, or if there's like a feeling that I can't really identify, but I'm having some kind of emotional experience, um, I can pull a card and read it and then it's find ways that it correlates to what's going on in my life. And so with the cards that I pull at the end of my yin, um, yoga sessions is a deck someone actually just gave me and I ended up really liking this deck and I feel like this lady um, is like an Aber I don't know if you ever heard of Abraham Hicks but that's another person I really like me too oh. yes <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, I feel like this lady <laughs> has like that influence too and I resonate with Abraham Hicks stuff so much because I feel like she uh, Esther explains these concepts in a way that we can grasp and understand and again with like all the stuff I read like sometimes when Esther says something if I've read something that's like way over my head hearing her talk and then like that'll come to my mind I can understand it it's crazy I love it but that's basically why I start pulling cards is because I had a new deck and I wanted to play with it and I just felt like after a session you're more open receptive and when is a better time to get a message from the universe right absolutely when you're in tune exactly. with it <laughs> <laughs> and for everyone listening Abraham Hicks is a phenomenal spiritual teacher guide um Esther Hicks is uh, someone definitely to look to look into. Abraham Hicks is on social media, um, and it's worth the research and it's worth listening to Esther as well. You can find a lot of her videos um, on yes. uh, YouTube. Um, so it's definitely a, a, I think, worth your time in researching Abraham Hicks. I, I follow awesome. Abraham as well. Uh, so, it, yeah, really deep connection. I, I absolutely love it. And that's why I love the piece that you do at the end of your yoga sessions, um, because it's, mm -hmm. it's a message. And we all hear the same message, but we resonate with it differently. And that's the human experience and the spiritual experience right. all in one. Yes. So absolutely love it. Now, lastly, I like to end the conversation with a fun question. Now, 
I have five random cards, question cards here, and I would like for you to choose a number from one to five. I will go with number four. Number four. All right. So drum roll. Here we go. To get to know a little bit more about you, what's your favorite dessert? Mm. Oh, man. Well, this is me in a nutshell. I love all dessert. (laughs) (laughs) I love it all. I'm right there with you, girl. I can't can't choose. I have a hard time with choosing just one thing. Everything, it depends on my mood there. That's basically how a lot of things go in my life. You know, I'm going to have to go with you there. I mean, if I had to really choose, I would say the chocolate cake gets yeah, me every I mean, time. Definitely a cake girl but... too. And chocolate is my favorite. <laughs> well, thank you for indulging me with That's that cool. question. Um, <laughs> now, you are a, a healer, a mom, a wife, a phenomenal human and spiritual being. And um, I want everyone to know where they can find you um, as as a, a healing modality, as a healer. So where can everyone right find now, you? Right now, I am currently at Thrive Fitness and Wellness Studio Facebook page, which is under my name, Angeline Moreland. And right now, that, that's it. I'm kind of kind of low-key. I think a lot of it has to do is um, I feel like I'm still studying, so I don't know if I'm out there that much yet <laughs> to work with a lot. Yeah, I've, my my uh, my client base is pretty um, casual, like like small. You know what I mean? Where we're, we, I kind of know my people, you know. So, but I'm always open to working yeah. with new people. But um, I just really haven't had to advertise a lot. I guess is the point that I'm getting to. <laughs> going to spell everything out for everyone listening. I'll put it on um, the podcast so they, in the description so they know where to find you. Um, your cl- your live uh, Facebook classes um, are amazing. And I, I definitely stress for people to take a look at it, follow it. The recordings are on there. Um, Angeline is amazing. And I'm just so blessed and honored to have you on as my Thank first you. guest this on this podcast. This is my first interview and I'm <laughs> honored and happy that you asked me to do this. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. And um, we'll talk soon. And I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pure Energy Podcast. I really hope that there were nuggets of information that you were able to walk away with. Um, Now, I wanted to give you a little bit more information as to where you can find Angeline. So she has been at the Thrive Fitness and Wellness Studio um, for a little over two years now, located at 1030 Baltimore Boulevard, Suite 160, Westminster, Maryland, 21157. And in the meantime, in this time of quarantine, um, until the Thrive Studio opens, you can find Angeline on Facebook through her Facebook Live classes under Angeline Moreland, comma, LMT, Licensed Massage Therapist. Thank you so much again for everyone listening and Atma Namaste.